Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Nursing Handover Crew. Well, I said it like that, sorry guys. Um, you have me, Jerry, and the lovely Diane, and we have a special guest today. We have the lovely Grace, who's also come to join us for today's episode. So how are you both? And thank you. I am I'm good. I cannot complain. Good. And how have your weeks been so far? Not too bad. Lovely, lovely. It's been all right. It's just busy, you know. Uni, work, trying to rest. Yeah. And I'm bored. (laughs) So yeah. Fair enough. How's the course going at the moment? Do you know what is going? I'm counting down to the twelfth of September, let's put it that way. Um there's just so much to do and there's not enough time to do it in. So I can't wait to sleep with no deadline hanging over my head. Honestly, I can't. Honestly, I can't wait. I do not miss being a student, but, you know, nursing <laughs> is a job that you continue learning. I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I feel like I've put myself through punishment doing this course. Because <laughs> I don't want to put anybody else, anybody off, but it is hard. It is hard. Just think but, of what um, you're going to receive in the end. Mate. <laughs> boy we shall see if it's worth it at the end we shall see it will be, it will be indeed it will be indeed we pray and how are mm-hmm. you i'm good work is stressing me out but when is work ever when is work never not stressing me out the community the school nursing life has its own issues but you know yeah. it's only one highlight um, indeed <laughs> <laughs> And Grace, what do you do? Please tell us. So I am a community nurse in the Midlands and um, I'm newly qualified. I'm an adult nurse. Oh, you're brave. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Um, surprisingly actually out here in the community, I am looking after people literally from 18 upwards, which did surprise me a bit. Mm. Really? You kind of expect it to be an older clientele, but I, I guess if you look at things, people are getting illnesses earlier. So, True. yeah, it's quite unfortunate. But yeah, it's been an interesting week, you know. <laughs> you get a mix. I can imagine. But how does it feel like messing someone with community who's like eighteen? To me, they still seem like children, even though they're not. Yeah. So for me, it's really strange, but it's usually a handover from the paediatric side mm. if you've got a long-term condition from childhood that still needs nursing intervention but a lot of them tend to be quite self-sufficient which is nice mm. you get that with the older generation sometimes <laughs> I can imagine yeah. they just leave you to do it all yeah we've got a few that um unfortunately have terminal prognosis as well so that's oh. quite sad but they're the quite upbeat yeah 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 but they're quite upbeat people and really really like nice to be around they don't make you feel you know like, like doom and gloom yeah they're quite upbeat it's nice it's funny though well not funny but it's always <laughs> those people who will have such a zest for life yet their life is shortened yeah i think they appreciate things a bit more mm. yeah because they know they're not gonna have it i guess as long as the normal person yeah so let's live it's horrible to say but yeah no no 100 i agree with you i definitely agree with you yeah i don't know how you do children's man what do you mean oh kids is amazing amazing (laughs) it's the parents that are the problem oh sorry about us (laughs) 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 Ah, the 
kids are fantastic. Like my background is neonatal intensive care. Okay. Um, and I love it. It's my first love. Like I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, but it's they don't talk to me. I <laughs> tell them what to do. <laughs> and that makes it better. <laughs> I mean, I talk to them, I talk to mum, you know, I'm kind of the how can I say the director of the show a little bit with the baby's input, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But um, it's a completely different style of nursing. I think that's probably why I love it. Yeah. Kind of thing. They treat um, them separately up here in the Midlands. Like you have the adult mental health, obviously learning disabilities and paediatric, and then the neonates kind of have their own little corner. And it's nice, to be honest. It is nice. I, I mean, think a lot of people respect them quite highly. Yeah. I think you could never, I mean, neonates technically are paediatric patients because they're children, but you could never nurse them in that environment. You know, they need a lot of quietness and they need a lot of care. Um, yeah, but um, it's amazing. I feel like everyone should go there one time in their life. <laughs> I don't know, I can never do neonates. I never had a place there. I remember doing a bank shift at one neonate award and I think I cried more than the parents did. I'm going to ever go back. But you know you find your niche in it you find what you like and I guess for me like my background's A&E and I absolutely love it as much as it makes gives me a different, different type of stress I yeah. love it and I don't know what else I'd do nah no for sure <laughs> don't want to come and try it out no thank you you no. never know though <laughs> she's like no thank you no thanks <laughs> No, but yeah, but even though in, t- in terms of Diane mentioning parents, Mother's Day was the past weekend that has just gone. Um, and Grace, you like you said, you're your parents. How have you yeah. found it? How how's it been like working during the pandemic, having your son at home? Or Interestingly enough, I actually worked on Mother's Day, and that was oh, really yeah. strange. Yeah, that was really strange for me. Well, as you can imagine, with nursing having quite a large percentage of women. In the community, it's a higher percentage of women because of the flexibility. Of and it just so happened that it fell onto my weekend. And it was it was a bit of a weird day because there wasn't really much to it. You know, it mm. didn't really feel like Mother's Day. What was but Mother's Day? Like usually... day. Yeah. yeah, I just felt like another day at work. And what would Mother's Day usually feel like for you? Yeah, I wanted to wake up to my scrambled eggs. <laughs> I didn't even get them. <laughs> wow, what time, what, what time did your shift begin? So it began at 8.30, but um, yeah, I was at my patient's house for 8.30. So. Oh, wow, yeah, that's early. Yeah. And are you doing long days on the weekend? We just do about seven and a half hours, so we finish about 4.30. But that day, I think I finished dinner. at five. Fair enough. Mm. It's not a long day in the big grand scheme of nursing. <laughs> yeah. No. But it's a long enough day for it to take your Sunday away. Like, you yeah. definitely can't yeah, do no shopping on that day. It was interesting, though, seeing people rush into Sainsbury's <laughs> to get their mother's <laughs> <in> stuff. <laughs> definitely and yes, it was about. all men. <laughs> of course. Well, of course. Who else is going to forget or wait that late? It ain't us. No, well, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it depends. It depends indeed. But how have you found like Western, Western, you know, working during the pandemic 
having your son around um, and being a newly qualified nurse. That can't have, that, that couldn't have been easy. It's been really intense, actually. I will be honest, it's very overwhelming. And it because you've got the pressure of qualifying, you've got the pressure of maintain, maintaining your standard of care, you've got the pressure of developing your own skills, and then you've got the pressure of there's two little eyes looking at you every day. And you mm. want to make sure that they see that, you know, you're out there doing your best. And he's at an age where he recognises what NHS means. Mm -hmm. so for him it was like wow my mum works for the NHS and that's when it was a deciphering moment for me where I thought okay now I really have to get up and make sure that at the end of this I'm working I was yeah. lucky enough to be part of the you know the aspirant nurses that went out early so I walked into a job with no issues and yeah it was a hard time because one you're thinking am I bringing this risk home to my child Am I bringing oh, yeah. this risk to the families of those that are at school? Um, am I bringing this risk to to his grandparents who were helping me with school runs? Um, am I bringing this risk to to myself? Mm. Yeah, and that was really scary. And and at, up till today, I've not had COVID, which is an amazing thing to, to probably say it, out loud. It is. It really it is. is. Um, but that's just down to like risk assessments and stuff at work. But what really intrigued me was the the change in dynamic of working. I think I never obviously got to see what it was like as a nurse outside of a pandemic. I don't know anything different. I've only had qualified life in the pandemic. Yeah. But what was really interesting was seeing and hearing people say, oh, we've really come together and worked as a team. And I was like, wow. I think, you know, until you're in a great team, you never appreciate, or until yeah. you're in a bad team, you will never yeah. appreciate. Mm. And it was just nice to hear that the pandemic has given people that sense of team back. But I think it, it's probably been the most hard, no, it has been the hardest season of my life. Mm. Would you say yeah, that's I really down to the pandemic? Or yeah, I really had to get up and adapt my whole life mm. quickly. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, um, I, I went out mid-April as an aspirant nurse and a week before that, I didn't even know where I was going. Gosh. So you, I really had to be like, right, let's do some batch cooking and get going. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Um, yeah, the pandemic has really, it's opened my eyes as well to what people can actually do for themselves as well as a nurse. I think mm. sometimes, and this is probably a very broad statement, I think sometimes we're taken advantage of and people yeah. don't don't appreciate actually I can do this for myself and paracetamol is going to solve that situation and I don't have to go to the emergency department and mm. I, I, I don't need to I don't need to ring the nurse for that reason I can just get a plaster from Sainsbury's it's funny you say I that not, <laughs> I am not sponsoring Sainsbury's it's, but, it's, it's, <laughs> but it's funny you say that because I know for a fact that all the accidents and emergencies here were quiet Children, yeah. people were not presenting their children to any like they do all the time in mm -hmm. winter season or all year round. They weren't because people were at home figuring it out and kind of doing what parents do, which is mm -hmm. troubleshooting and kind of yeah. problem solving and working their way through. Okay, well, it's not this and it's this. How can we look after our child at home? Um, yeah. Even at the GP surgery, because as you can imagine, I go into the GP surgery just to get things like B12 injections or or 
um, chemo type of injections and there's no one in the waiting room mm. like no one <laughs> but, but I think that's also down to like the fact that they've changed pretty much I don't know what it's like in the Midlands mm. but I know here in London they've gone to ma- majority of like tele- tele- why can't I speak telephone consultations mm-hmm. before allowing people in mm-hmm. like I know that was something that they had to adapt to as well but I think it's very interesting that 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 that's the case though because it just again it opens I don't know when I say that reception's empty I mean as far to say that I can ring my GP surgery and I'm number three in the queue not number 45. Wow fair enough enough. no I hear that that's that's a big difference for sure (laughs) I don't know if you've ever driven past a pharmacy or gone past a pharmacy and been like wow now everyone's going to the pharmacy and not their GP They've yeah. realised that you can go to a pharmacist for these things. Mm-hmm. And hats off to pharmacists. Because mm-hmm. they're working hard at the moment. They are. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're vaccinating. They're giving advice. Mm-hmm. They're dispensing medication. And they're kind of the stopgap between somebody going to the GP for mm-hmm. a non-GP reason. Mm-hmm. And taking yeah. up the appointment of someone who actually does need to see the GP. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to gonna be the biggest game changer in health. You see, going time. back to normal like what it would have been like while you were training before COVID yes and no I I do think there will always be as you say in the world of ED the regulars that will come back (laughs) (laughs) well yes I do see things going back because my heart will forever be in surgical nursing Mm. and that's my yes. The surgical lists will have to be addressed. They will need, there will be, there, there's going to be a need for people to have those procedures, both, you know, emergency and elective. Yeah. Um, there are going to be people that will need medical intervention with diagnosis. Mm. But no, because I really think that ED has a new type of resilience now. I definitely agree with you yeah and (laughs) gp surgeries will also have a new type of resilience and i think people will be more trusting of pharmacists and their environment more um i don't know about the community though we've really changed a lot Mm. we're not taking in anything into the patient's home that doesn't need to be in there and we're not compromising patient care, but we are not spending any longer in that person's home than needs to be. Yeah, I can attest to that and agree with you. And it's hard. Um, you feel yeah. quite rude. I, 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 so I'm doing my um, Skiffin qualification to be a health visitor. Mm-hmm. And we are not going into the home unless they're a vulnerable family mm-hmm. or a child protection family so most contacts so the first contact with a parent is virtually on their laptop they're on their phone or ipad and you're in the office talking to them wow. and to me i miss the human contact mm-hmm. i miss the feel of being in someone's home and getting a vibe of who they are mm-hmm. um parents i mean correct me if i'm wrong but sometimes especially if they say it's your second child and you're being a professional man I want them in your house and you may just say what you need to say so they get off the contact (laughs) right because you've got things to do 
Mm. and you know the service and this is like just formality you're just literally doing it because it's a requirement of you Mm. um sometimes as well you have parents who you would love to get one-on-one to really find out how they're actually doing emotionally but you can't have that connection with them on a computer it's not the same but then Um, then could you like opt to see them in like the health center or what's not like anything to open no so the health center so our health so we are in a gp surgery so mm-hmm. our mid, so the midwives and us all see everybody in the same place anyway. So okay. we see them virtually and then we invite them to come in. So I, we meet them face to face after. Mm-hmm. But you have some people, so, but then if you have people that are hard to reach, you might find that you're constantly chasing them before you get to see them, which could be ages. Um, you also have some people that love the virtual because they say people are more compliant because they're at home, they're in the comfort of their own home, they don't have to leave the house with the baby, they don't have to kind of prepare the house for the health visitor to come, you know, they're more at ease. Mm. But at the same time, to me, a lot of things can be missed if you're not going into the home as well. Yeah, um, seeing that one square. Exactly. And mum or dad can tell you whatever they want to tell you. Yeah. You know, they can say that they're absolutely fine when mum has been crying for three hours at night every night because she's not coping. But in that 90 minutes on the camera, she's absolutely fine with you, you know? Yeah, that's um, awesome. It is. And I, and I do feel like, I get why we're doing it because we're protecting ourselves and protecting families, but I also feel mm. like we're doing a bit of a disservice, especially mm. to first-time parents, because mm. to me, they don't know the service exists or they don't really, the relevance of you is, is gone mm. because you're not in, you're not there physically. You're there, but you're not there. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I feel like a lot is going to change. And I think community will change, but I don't know if it'll be for the right reason. Mm. I also think, well, correct me if I'm wrong, the community is probably also saving a lot more money having us do things online. Mm. In terms of, like, the services we can deliver, deliver, I don't, from a small nursing background, like, a lot of the training packages that we're doing... I haven't seen a training been done in school since I started this job. Everything has been done online and it's pretty much been someone reading something off PowerPoint. <laughs> that comes down to something else. That's another issue for a different day. But um, I feel like where like they'll put the funds in to make sure people attend certain trainings and still go to things, like, it's been done a lot easier by just, you know, logging onto Teams or, or something like that. Do you get what I mean? Like, it's... I feel like they're going to use this as a money saving oh, yeah. thing because, you know, the NHS is poor and we're in debt, but long-term-wise, like you said, I don't know if it's going to be for the right reasons. Mm. And it's quite scary to see what's coming out of it so far. Like, yes, we're just coping and doing what we have to get by because this is the first time we've had to live through this and work through this, X, Y, Z, whether it's acute or the community. But it's just so surreal. Yeah, it's surreal that we even had to live through this and go through this. Like I was talking to my team leader earlier on today about what's going to happen when they start saying like all of our safe body meetings, we have to meet in person. The way we're doing back-to-back meetings now, that can't run. But see, but that that will be that will have to be completely reorganised back to how it was before. To see what they'd have to go back to that system. But the issue is, will they be able to? Yeah, because they find it easier that, you know, by having everyone do it virtually, we can have everyone here for 10 30 in the comforts of their own home or workplacement or wherever, and we can still carry out a meeting. They could have another meeting to go to at 12. 
and they'll be they can chop and change that's not their problem mm. I don't know it's just I think it's like I'm a bit apprehensive to see what's actually going to become a community what you know of community is like you know people are out and about people go to people's houses not necessarily well yeah they do go to people's houses they also see children they see adults in many different settings and that's all changed from like what we originally knew it as no you are no you are making sense I mean I can't imagine for Grace qualifying in a pandemic because it's hard enough doing your nurse training and any Mm. nurse that's listening nursing is hard let alone being a mother and a partner and a friend and a sister whatever like it's so demanding it is it's more than a job it's it's you become a different person that's how I see it you're you're you but you're you point two point oh um yeah. it's a lot it's a yeah lot. I had a bit of a bittersweet moment as well because I do vaccinations as well um okay. at, at the arena where I live and the same arena where I'm vaccinating is where I should have graduated a few months back it was such a bittersweet oh, the irony yeah sit there I was like <laughs> this is not happening right now <laughs> Like, I'm is supposed to be wearing a cute dress with cute heels <laughs> trying to walk across the stage without falling <laughs> and no I'm jabbing someone's arm doing stretching their skin to do IM injections like <laughs> wow. no. yeah I don't know what's going to come of community I, either I'm just I just yeah they're co- I think community are coping well and I'm happy that I know it's probably about six months now although we've been in this pandemic more than a year we're finally recognized as frontline workers which really intrigues me because we are interacting with everyone not Mm. aware of their risk Mm. whereas in the hospital yeah you're sick you're obviously sick you obviously are positive you're obviously positive so you're you're working at a high risk level all the time so you're and we do have the ppe but we're not always going to be on red PPE. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes we'll be on green or amber, but that's how we do it. We do the, we do a traffic light system for PPE. So you'll only oh. ever see like the higher PPE come out when it's trackies and things like that. Okay. And then makes when, sense. It, when it's just the person that's been shielding, you know, we go for the green PPE. So just the basics, like if it was a flu patient kind of vibe. Um, what would you use in the community? I'm very really? curious. What would you use? Like just a normal face mask, surgical yeah. mask, and gloves, and apron gloves. Um, sometimes shoe covers, but that's just dependent on the person's environment that you're going into. <laughs> Rather <Fair necessarily>. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we do something. We don't. We we're told never take off the shoes no, in case you need to leave or anything happens. So similar to your PPE, mm-hmm. we wear the mask. We wear gloves. Sometimes we wear a surgical gown or just the the white apron mm-hmm. and then we carry shoe covers depending on whose home it is if they're mm-hmm. funny about shoes then we put them on and that's it um but those things are hot they're very hot to wear they are <laughs> and i think it's such a barrier yes yeah i agree with you a major barrier to communication like you've got a lot of people that have white coat syndrome and the yeah. ppe on top of just the uniform they go mm. with white coat syndrome. <laughs> they, they're no. like, yes, sir, no, sir. Three bags more, sir. And that it's injection true. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it's true it's like the community aspect gone and you've you've clinicalized the situation yeah um and like you said there is that level of um there's something between the two of you now Mm -hmm. and you have to work really hard with that rapport Mm -hmm. and to really get them to to see that you know I'm here to support you I'm not acute I am community Mm-hmm. kind of thing and I agree and we have some babies who've cried they cry at the mask um they, they almost don't know if they remember anything but they they some of them see the mask and they just start to cry or even like the ruffle of like the apron like the the sound mm, it's and sound it makes them really upset I think it's just really well like for baby wise I think it's really important for their development that they're not really getting to see the different faces the different facial structures and stuff like that because I feel like that's when they they learn how to get used to people. If you're seeing everyone wearing these multicolored, different type of face masks, mm-hmm. you never truly engage what the emotions like with that person who's looking at you or working with you is is offering. Do you get where I'm coming from? Mm. I, no think it, I think their senses have to ha- get a bit higher. Like they have to really mm. work out what's going on a lot more. And it's probably really distressing for them. It's, it's, it's funny you say that because there's some babies I've met who are so well stimulated, who are very happy, who are not scared of people, they're smiling, like they're, you would never know the child born in a pandemic. Like, mm. so I also think the pandemic has made people do a lot of parenting because they've yeah. had to stimulate their child, they've had to engage with their child, they've had to play with their child, they've had to do more than they would normally probably do. Because normally you can just go to a class or a session and it's led and it's demonstrated, but now you have to demonstrate and do do the do. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think to me, children are very adaptable. Most of these babies won't remember lockdown. They won't. No. no. But it will be very interesting to see how they are in five years, in 10 years, how they are making relationships with people, communication, um, any separation anxiety, their attachment. That will be an interesting study for sure. I hope Channel 4 does something. Like a child of our time, something like that. Yeah. 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 Social interaction, the COVID babies. Mm-hmm. There you right. go, Channel 4. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you better get that. You better get your right. money for that. <laughs> but Grace, I wanted to ask, how did you find your training have like with, with your son? Because nursing training, I think, is a lot harder than the actual job we do. I thought I could be very wrong everyone has their own interpretations I think um one thing I always stood by which maybe it doesn't always happen to everybody was that I found that just going in there just as a student and making mention to whoever's in charge of students that you do have a child you know just kept that under the radar well not under the radar but it kept it on the radar I beg your pardon so that they knew but Nine times out of 10, I didn't even have to speak to them about my shift patterns. They would just fall into place nicely. But I am aware of some students that did have to fight for certain shifts, you know, like for nights and things like that. Yeah. Um, In terms of lectures, I think that was an easier time because my son, when I started the training, he was two. So he was in nursery. And nursery is quite a long day for them, about 7.30 till 6.00 something like that and I know even in London it, it can be a longer day they mm. can have a nursery I was shocked when I saw the timings on some of them <laughs> <laughs> then they work hard as well them nursery workers I don't know how they do it all that day um it was it was a hard balance but I I I got into like 
and I was asked these things when I was the nurse ambassador when I used to do open days and things like how do I balance this and I used to say if I'm at uni that day I'm at uni that day when I'm at home I'm at home because Mm. if I leave uni and I haven't sat down at a computer and done something some form of research some sort form of evidence-based work or even just um started put the title on a paper just so that I know I've started that assignment if I hadn't have done that I don't think half my assignments would have got going and as soon as that that assignment as my uni called it crib sheet was available I'm on it I'm getting things written down I'm not a last minute person anyway I have a diary I think I've got diaries from 2014 still in my house (laughs) I like to be organized um and I think just having a support system, if you have a support system, that is, because I can appreciate not everybody has the support system that I do have. My mum lives literally down the road, well, around the corner and down the road. So it's 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 all about that support system. It's about your level of organisation. And it's about being real with yourself as well. Yeah. Can I stretch myself this far? Yeah. yeah. You know, three sometimes I was doing three bank shifts three placement shifts a dissertation and t- teamwork at the same time wow how how am I balancing this so let's make mm. a plan and if you if you don't plan you're going to fail yeah I re- that phrase will forever be the motto yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no you're, you're right because if you fail to prepare prepare to fail yeah preparation is key Mm. um I mean somebody told me the other day of them even baking a cake and they they didn't really have everything there they just kind of threw everything into a bowl and it was horrible that's life (laughs) (laughs) if you don't if you don't follow the steps the cake's not gonna come out no you're gonna have a pancake maybe or maybe not even (laughs) that maybe an (laughs) omelette a very sweet (laughs) omelette so yeah I just think being really prepared and just Speaking to others that are in the same situation because sometimes you can bounce ideas. Yeah. yeah. Like I never even thought about um, using my break to read a research piece. So I'd be sitting there chatting, chatting rubbish, and I could be <laughs> reading an article. I feel, like, I feel like sometimes you need that though, depending on how busy the shifts may have been or yeah, yeah, yeah. where you are. Sometimes you just need to completely de-stress. No, 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 that's fine. And, yeah, and also being really honest with your mentors about where your headspace is. Yeah, what's going on? They've been there. And if you've got a very compassionate mentor and compassionate in the sense of student well-being, yeah. mm. they can give you that reflective time to step away for an hour and just mm. get yourself back to where you're going to thrive on that shift to meet those outcomes because we've got a lot of domain outcomes to reach each year mm. or each stage if you're a master's student yeah I can appreciate that theirs is oh god I don't know how they do it Honestly, <laughs> 18 months yeah yeah it's, it's, a complete, it's, it's like pg dip isn't it yeah, yeah I started PG dip. I started that in 2014 yeah it's a lot <laughs> it's so fast it's like I feel like you can barely breathe that's what I said when I left when I left I did the first stage and I came back to Derby to have my son and 
<laughs> week one, anatomy and physiology. Week two, not even week two, day two, cells. Day three, the skin. <laughs> you're like, you know, like you feel like you're being choked. Like, slowly. It's like here, <laughs> literally here. It's, it's nothing in bad reflection because there's some great nurses out there that have done that course but you need to know that you know what you're doing and you are autonomous and safe yeah. to do that course and that you have I met this lady when I started it she had three children under 10 she was pregnant under 10 doing it bloody hell what's that wow you must have an wow. au pair because <laughs> how how do you have time for anything to yeah. even wash your own armpits how baby wipes and go what's gonna have to be how that's why I, I, that? seeing her that's why I stand by the when I'm at uni I'm at uni when I'm mm. home I'm home when I saw her do that and she was passing she really was she was doing really well wow yeah, no. I mean, when we studied as students, there were quite a few, a couple of mums on our course. And I used to think to myself, I can't even bear to talk to anybody when the shift is finished. How do you walk home and there's children that are mummy, 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 mummy. And they don't know what you've done for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. They just see their mum. And they want your attention. They want your time. And you want to give them your time. Mm-hmm. But I can only imagine like the the shopping list going through your brain of okay right um bed bath time dinner laundry read this mm. what time's a shift is it uni what's due have I got a meeting with my with my tutor then I've Books. got beyond hit like library time your partner mm. needs time like everything needs time and you're one person like I can't I anyone that's a mum that trains to be a nurse is on another level mm. <laughs> another <laughs> level like I'm not discouraging mums I think it's any parents because yeah, if you're, exactly, if you're yeah, an active yeah. parent in your child's life, yeah. doing this course is not easy. Yeah, because mm. like we didn't have kids when we did the course, and there were many times I was literally this close to dropping out, <laughs> and they're this close to bad and doing. And you've probably seen that meme of the the fingers are very close to touching because the course is stressful. People always assume like, oh, nursing, it's just a it's just a vocation. You don't need to do the academic side to it. Oh no, mm. honey! The academic side is matching just as much. It's your bread and the, butter. It's the knowledge. Exactly. So if you don't know that, you can't go into shop drawer and start looking up the people. No. So hats off to you guys, because Lord knows I could not do it. Mm. No. Mm-mm. And like, do you ever do you ever look back and regret it? Do you ever think I wish I hadn't done it? One. But yeah, do you do you ever look back and think, um, I wish I'd waited to do it, or I wish I'd done it before I'd had my kids, or um, do you think being a parent has made you a better nurse? Um, sometimes I think, you know, should I have waited? But then I think, well, how would I have fit it in? It's going to be the same. Mm. He's just going to be older, and he's just going to think that mummy's got less time for him now. And the stage that he's at right now, I think he's five so he's he really needs that nurture of mm, yeah. communicate every every stage you need that nurture of communication but I think his personality is shaping so much right now that he yeah. needs that that grounding of right from wrong 
appropriate social behavior. So I think I did it at the right point. A lot of people used to say to me, I don't know how you're doing it, Grace, he's only three. But, you know, he's an only child. So I think it was a great time for him to be in nursery yeah. as well, to get that social time. Um, in terms of it making me a better nurse, I think in terms of um, empathy versus sympathy, yes. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to, I, I hate when I see people sympathizing with a patient because it's almost like, oh, I feel really sorry for you. That you and they almost feel patronized. Mm, and I yeah. think, you know, when you're able to be empathetic for a patient, you give them that, that boundary, but they also give you that boundary that you can give care, but still feel that somebody's there holding my hand. I had a lady actually, she messaged me today. I don't know how she found me, but she found me and she was just like, I remember you. You're the nurse that closed that curtain and just sat down with me while I was sad. And it broke my heart a little bit. I, was, I couldn't remember her, but she remembered mm. me. And I couldn't remember until she told me the procedure that she had done. But in that moment, it kind of, because COVID I think has messed with a lot of people's morale and emotions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and in that moment, it just kind of relit the candle to say, you know what, you can do this and you are doing all right. And people do remember what you did for them. And that phrase, um, you know, they might not remember your name, but they remembered what you did for them. Mm. So, no, I think it, it might have made me a better nurse being a parent, but I don't think it takes away from anybody else who's not a parent and is a nurse. Okay, yeah, see what you mean. Yeah, I think um, there's some nurses out there that aren't parents yet. What My mentor in my second year, she wasn't a parent yet and she was yearning for a child. Um, but she was fantastic because she mm. was just so down to earth. She was a proper girl from around the corner vibe. And she just could talk to the patients on a friendly level. She was still professional, but she knew her stuff and they respected yeah. her. So no, yeah, no, I don't think. It hasn't, yeah, as you said, it's not. No. Being a parent doesn't mean you're a better nurse per se. And I think, you know, I used to do interviews for student nurses. And I think a lot of people going into them interviews think that if you say, oh, I'm a mom, it's going to make you tick. Let's have her. <laughs> no, not always. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. need to show those attributes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And it's so different. I think I'm not, I'm not a parent, but it's very different if you are, I guess, a parent and you're nursing someone as opposed to being the nurse. Mm. because that's not your child or that's not your your you're not responsible for that particular person they're two separate things mm. yeah. and you have to be able to separate them to nurse effectively because mm. it is hard to discharge some people sometimes mm. it is it really is I just want to know what made you want to become a nurse what made me want to become a nurse yeah so um, growing up in church, everybody gets like a little mentor. <laughs> and my mentor was the most, um, like she's the, she was, because she has passed on now, was the most amazing person I've ever met. And her children were teens and she trained to her nursing and she qualified. And then she found out she had pancreatic cancer, I believe. Oh. And I went to visit her and there was just something about the way the nurses spoke to her, acted towards her, cared for her. And I was like, 
and I was in my first year of my first degree where I was doing business management and I was like "Mm -mm, I'm doing the wrong thing but my Mm. mom always used to say to me Grace you never finish anything (laughs) I was like okay let me finish this one and have the business the management side I understand management now I understand the theory of it all lovely got the certificate and I was like okay let me look at cancer therapies and see how that blends with beauty therapy because that's what I initially did um and I found out that there was a complementary side of nursing that went alongside cancer therapies and that had a light bulb moment I was like I'm supposed to be a nurse I am not supposed to be a beauty therapist I understand the therapy I get the management now let's put some anatomy and physiology and patient care on that (laughs) let's get a good nurse out of this and I don't know about yourselves, but sometimes you, you go on the ward and you just have a, you can just have a really good day. Mm. And it just reminds you that that's why I want to be a nurse. Oh, or yeah. You can, you can even be walking around Sainsbury's and, <laughs> <laughs> and somebody walks up to you and you might not particularly remember them, but they resemble something from the past. Mm. And you know that they're looking at you because you were their family member's nurse or healthcare assistant when you're a student or whichever and you just it reminds you again that oh they remember me because I must have done something good yeah I don't think I ever went into nursing because I wanted to get a pat on the back though or a round of applause I definitely didn't want a round of applause Mm. Um, (laughs) thanks for reason (laughs) yeah because I wake up every morning to have a thousand people clap no (laughs) (laughs) no as 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 lovely as it is to you know at that time to step out my front door or to look out my window and see half my neighbors at the front door clapping you know the reality of it is I just want to see my patient better I want to see you discharged off my caseload knowing that your wound is healed and you're not in pain anymore Mm. you you just want to see people live a better quality of life yeah yeah that's that's what it comes down to um yeah I think yeah I realized that I saw how they were caring for my mentor at that time and it was giving her a better quality of life in that moment Mm. that was really inspiring they were so nice and I actually went back on that ward as a student wow and it was literally out of my top three placements that's amazing do you think it's somewhere you'd go back as a qualified nurse Maybe. Maybe. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe. Yeah. Like you just summed it up so perfectly. Like I have no words. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's funny as you said, and I kind of feel like with nursing, it kind of just clicks. Yeah. You kind of just realize, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. And sometimes you get it. When you're gonna start your training you get it halfway or you've qualified and you make a difference something very small and like you said someone remembers you yeah um and that's why i say like we well if we were if we were nursing for money we wouldn't be nurses um yeah you, you generally have to love what you do and you have to, to me i kind of see i feel really lucky to do the job that we do mm. um we're we're in people's lives in such a unique way mm. um and in a time where they're out of their comfort zone, this is not their domain, and they have to really trust you. And to be in such a position like that is not a joke. It's a very serious position to be in. 
Yeah. Um, and I agree. I think you have to you have to want to do it to be a good nurse. If you go into nursing with the wrong attitude and the wrong mindset, you can't. You're doing an injustice not only to yourself but to your future patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like fully. Mm. No, I, I totally agree. Totally agree because nurses, we're there right from the beginning of people's lives, right to the end, and we want to be able to show that compassion and be that person, some, and be that person, that advocate that that patient needs when they need mm. it. Mm. That's literally the definition of nursing, though, isn't it? Caring for someone from from life to death. Yeah, cradle to grave. It is the definition of it. Obviously, there's more to it, but I, I believe that's yeah. even what NMC puts mm-hmm. as a definition, you know? It's like you're right, Dad. It's, it's such a beautiful job. Don't get me wrong, there's been many times in the past year I've been like, I would never do this if I wasn't a nurse. But that's for some <laughs> reason. And, and the but, life we live. But, but that's nursing. I feel like you know you become a nurse when you procrastinate. Like, that's when you know you're really a nurse, when you're like, you know what, I can't do this, life I've done. But as, yeah, but as Grace, <laughs> but as but as Grace said, there's that one shift you're gonna do, and you're like, that's why I'm doing this job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why my feet hurt today. But that that mum was so happy because we did a bath with her baby today, mm-hmm. and you know she's yeah. never gonna forget that. Or like Grace said, a parent somebody reached out to me, and I didn't remember them, but they remember what I did for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and those that's a price you can't buy that feeling. You just can't. No, it's that nurturing feeling. Yeah, that nurturing role. Yeah, for sure. But I wanted to talk about... I mean, I don't even know how dads do it. You know, mm. dad, in, 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 you know, from a mother's perspective, I can speak, but I would love to hear, like, a male perspective of leaving yeah. your kids to go and train to be a nurse. Because you don't really hear their voice. No. Well, we need to get a man on, Gigi. Yes. yes. So we've got to start looking at any male nurses that want to come on hit us up any daddies any male daddies <laughs> obviously, obviously they're male but I mean you know any nurse dads any, any daddies nurse, yeah <laughs> any daddies come on daddies you want to share your own experience because like you said you is it will be a certain way for a mum but then what is it like for a dad because also nursing is like like you said at the beginning nursing is a very female dominated mm. um career mm-hmm. yeah, we all know there are male nurses that exist but oh yeah going through the training working your way up through the system how does that feel could you imagine exactly. you finish a shift and you know I can only imagine your kid wants to run to you and play rough and tumble your this feet are it. swollen your back is hurting you don't want to wrestle with them in that moment no, but you literally. need to pretend and do it all wow I don't know how, yeah, I would love to hear it. Not even just from a nursing perspective, just a healthcare perspective as a male. Yeah. You meet a lot of male healthcare assistants more than nurses. Yeah. But then then saying that, men go up the ranks very fast. (laughs) Very quickly. Like, in three years, they could be charged nurse, get into matron. Like, they're very fast. Mm. And I don't know if because there's not so many, there's not that many of them, which is why it's so quick. Mm. That might be the reason. That might be the reason indeed. But there was one thing I wanted to talk about and is pretty much more so like the shift patterns and how with everything that has been happening in the news in the past two weeks or so, 
we've all heard about the Sarah Everard case and you know she went to a friend that she was going home she was walking home and she was then missing for a long period of time and then they said they found her body but I think it's it's really opened my eyes to, to be like as us as nurses female nurses like we work around the clock whether that we work in the community now we've mm. all done our, our time doing clinical working that you've worked for long days nights to twilights short day, to short shifts long shifts xyz how how did we feel like do we feel safe going home at certain times of the day do you get what i mean yeah because who are you checking uh, in with yeah yeah when your shift is done if you live by yourself in fact, I remember a mentor when I finished the night shift and she was like, can you just ring the ward? She let me go before handover, as they usually do, because mentors are good like that if you get on with them. They'll let <laughs> yeah. you go before handover. And she said, when you get into your front door, can you ring the ward and let me know that you've got home safely? She wanted that peace of mind. Yeah. Um, but that's that Sarah's case really... Well, it didn't open my eyes in, in some senses because people going missing is not something new. No. And not being found is not something new. The fact that she was found so quickly, mm. her family are in a very good position to know, not that their daughter's died, but to know where she is. Yeah. Mm. Get where I'm coming from. I, I'm, you know, I'm not wishing it on anybody. It's a horrific thing that her family are going through right now. But there's people that are still missing that. that there's a gentleman that's been missing near me since December. And it still hasn't uh, been found. Wow. Yeah. Nobody knows where he is. And, you know, when when you, when it's that winter month and it's raining and you're, you're going over to the staff car park and you can't see properly because you've got glasses on. <laughs> and then missing You don't know who's autos. in that car park. It's true. You don't know who's. And a lot of the hospitals near to me are next door to another form of nursing that sometimes... You know, those people need a bit more support with their mental health or a bit more support with where their mental health is at that time. And you don't always know who's in the car park. You don't know who you work with. You don't know what people are going home to. It's right, you're very, you're very right. I think it's, it can be quite daunting at times. And I think it's not something that I kind of recognize because mm. for example, like in a and &E, sometimes we do twilight shifts. They finish at 2 a.m. If you don't drive, you get a, ta you get a taxi home depending on if it's a bank shift or a permanent shift anyway, but you get a taxi home. But then it's like, how many people, I have, I have quite a few friends that would never sit in a taxi on their own. Mm, I wouldn't, not now. I, do you know what? Probably I mean, I I mean you hear the horror stories of people getting in, the Uber guy locks the car, they don't go where they're supposed to go. It's scary, you know, and what is scary that we have to think like this? Yeah. It's scary that it even has to be a a thought. Yeah, exactly. You have to you have to pre-plan how you're going to get home. You yeah. have to think about every eventuality. Well, if and this imagine, happens, can I get out? You I know? can't imagine what people in London are going through right now, male and female, thinking, if I walk through a park this evening that I have been walking through for the past six months, has someone been watching me? Mm-hmm you're so right and it's like has someone been put in my downfall or something like that like we would never know yeah because you're so used to like walking through that path doing certain things I think it's just a really big shame that you know it's something that has happened 
Mm. But it's brought about an even bigger issue that I guess women have been women have been talking about for years. And it's also brought up like the topics of like sexual assault and all the different things that happen. And it's just like we're just made to accept it. Do you get what? Like, yeah. You're made to accept as much as you report it. Sometimes things that are done, or these people never get found. It's just a big shame. It that is, I guess, like all this stuff has happened hot off of International Women's Day. And yeah. it's kind of like a bit of like an oxymoron. We're supposed to be celebrating women around the world. And I think it was like choose to challenge, I think was the hashtag for this year. And we're still having to challenge the fact that women are not safe in 2021. You know, we should be so much further, but it seems we still have such a long way to go. And in Sarah Everett's case, why it's even more sad is that a person in authority has killed her. Wait, um, do we, okay, I'm going to sound, I'm playing devil's advocate here. No one orders this. Do we truly know this person in authority has done this? He's been charged with her murder. Like he's been charged, but you know, like usually by now they'll be like, we've seen this, there's been this evidence, that evidence. He's a policeman. Let- They're going to tell us everything. They have to protect well, their own first. They have to get it. You know what really got me though? First. It's not even that they said they found her body. They found remains. Yeah, remains. <laughs> remains. They found her in a bag or something like that. Did they? Because that I didn't her. know. That's what I didn't they... understand either. And they they said they only identified her by her dental records. So what did he do with her body? They. What did they? <laughs> And 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 that quickly because she weren't missing. I think the third of of March. Yeah, it hadn't it hadn't even been two weeks, and already her body is whatever and what state it is. I mean, the fact that you have to identify dental records. I mean, I watch a lot of crime. That body is not in good condition. Clearly, if there's a body left, and it's just sad. It's really sad. Um, and it'll be interesting if the Metropolitan Police are transparent with the case and run us through it step by step. But yeah. it's difficult to see if they're going to be that open with us. No, I you know, you're right. Let's, I just, we can only wait and see how this plays out. And I do feel for her family, but I do agree with Grace that, you know, even though it's been a negative outcome, she can be at peace, despite how she was found. Her family can be at, uh, I'm probably saying this very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said about the guy that's been missing since the winter months, like this guy's family is going to be hoping, wishing and praying that they get some sort sort of response from him or just anyone in regards Mm. to that guy's life. Mm. I just... (sighs) I just hope she hasn't died in vain. Um, Definitely. I do hope that it it kind of sets kind of events for the amount of work the police need to do better and more and they need to be reformed Mm. and they need to highlight that there's more women that are missing not just Sarah and her case got lucky and got in the spotlight but there's other people who need that attention who need their case looked into and they should every case if anyone goes missing it shouldn't just be well someone's gone missing it should be serious yeah and then like they said it's not this is not new this has been happening for a while people go missing sadly all the time Mm. but this shouldn't be something that has to happen 
Like we live in yeah. a day and age that, you know, we're progressing, we're doing things to better ourselves. And then we hear of this, and not just Sarah's case, there's a quite a few places that are currently out there and open with similar situations. It's just a shame. And I think it's just mm. a shame that like women still today in 2021 have to like police themselves and how in how they act in society or you know if they're going home at a certain time they're holding their keys like a I don't know what they call it like a knuckle masher I, I don't know what it's called but um do you get what I mean like yeah but you, you grip it out, up you like you proper hold it you hold your keys in your pocket and you're ready to bash someone in the face if they get too close to you exactly and like what what type of world do we live in that this is these are the norms of society that we have to adhere to and if something happens first, you've got to quick to accuse and say, what were you wearing? What were you doing? Mm. I just think it's such a shame. It is. But I think it just, I want to see what happens, what comes of this, because I think it sparks a lot of debates. Like, so there should be a lot of reforms that come from her case. And I hope it's not all in vain, because that's a very big shame. I would love for this country sometimes to be like America, you know, with the court cases where you're able to watch them mm. and actually hear an account of what's taking place. Because they haven't even, I know we have to wait for him to go to court, you know, over these next few days and find out what he's pleaded and things like that. Yeah. But that, that itself is going to open a can of worms for women in that moment that, Oh yeah, big time. Because if he puts not guilty, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, it's true. And we then don't know what he's going to say. You know, it's it's the uncertainty. But I do, I do, I do agree. When I used to finish shifts, even not even two a.m. That two a.m. scares me alone. But that seven thirty finish, you get outside. It's quarter to eight. I can imagine during the period of COVID, I haven't been in the hospital, but I will be soon and I can imagine that you know there's not many people around like there was so there's an airy feeling out there yeah yeah it's like a ghost town I remember when I was working in the COVID well yeah before I went to community and I was working in the COVID times and it's like a ghost town nobody's out outside it's just you guys <laughs> and once you disappear down a certain road you could be the only one walking on that road because yeah. it's free parking and then you can't <laughs> <laughs> no but you're right yeah but you, then you can't you don't, there's no one around because you went for that free parking but you went down the dirt track <laughs> and now there's you've no got to make sure around. you're on the phone to someone before you get and to you, work you make sure you carry that bag with a handle <laughs> exactly right? so you can swing it quickly if it's needed this is it but even like yes we may be making jokes about you know parking and, and like our own protective measures but we're still subconsciously thinking about our own protective measures mm. to make sure that we're safe in whatever angle. So I guess only time will tell what happens in this case, really. Mm. Um, I don't even want to say that things are getting worse. You know, I hear people say, oh, things are getting... I just think we are being told now what's really going on in the world. Yeah. I think we've now... We can now see. Yeah. <laughs> And I think like the UK has been a nanny state for a very long time. And yeah. It's shielded from a lot of things that now people are speaking out, acting out, completing 
what needs to be completed and being yeah. open and honest about the situations that are happening yeah because these are discussions that need to be had they need to be spoken about and you know shouted for everyone to hear but only time will tell i guess let's see what happens in it let's see what happens but i think that pretty much sums us up for this week's episode yes Yeah, I think that sums up pretty much us for this week's episode. We kind of talked about a lot. I think there's, mm. it's, it's, I've, I've taken a lot of things to go away and think about that I don't think I would have thought about before. Not just in terms of like the previous thing we were talking about, but even just motherhood and, and working. And mm. I didn't say we're all women. Me and Diane will yeah. eventually have children soon, yeah. in the near future. But mm-hmm. it just opens our eyes to what's next and how do we work it? <laughs> you're living as a single person currently yeah before everything literally just changes yeah so thank you very very much grace for coming on and talking to us about motherhood and working mm. and yeah you're, you're thank a single you person oh you're welcome thank you for having me it's been fun i'll come back soon yeah anytime, anytime. but as we always say guys please hit us up on our joint instagram page which is the, the nursing handover podcast and please feel free to email us at the nursing handover podcast at gmail.com and hit us up on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at underscore the handover. And if you want to hit me and Diana personally, to hit Diana up, it's BD Looks without the it's. And for me, it's Jelly Bean with, how do I always do this? Three yeah. L's and two A's. And two, that's it. <laughs> how do I forget my own Instagram name? anyway it's the same on twitter if anyone wants to hit us up and i think it's it's the same on twitter for diana as well Um, yeah yeah until next week guys hope we hope you enjoyed this week's episode feel free to take care and we'll be back with another episode next week goodbye people take care Bye. bye